In today's episode, we cover some of the habits that we commonly see with some of our clients, but also just in general, um, that are not a badge of honor. In the first 10 minutes of the episode, we catch up, we talk about our kids, we talk about our life and share some fun things. Um, So if you don't want to hear the jibber jabber, you can fast forward to about 10 minutes into the episode and we take a deep dive into some of the habits that we want you to evaluate and start working to improve because these are not things that we want to wear as a badge of honor. We want to nourish our body. We want to show up as our best self. And that includes prioritizing ourselves and our needs. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. Happy spring. Yes. I will always remember the first day of spring because it's my sister's birthday. It's a good way to remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also really sweaty right now. It's so hot. <laughs> we have a space heater down here because it's really cold in the um, basement by Liz's house. But um, I don't know about anyone else. Like leather couches and chairs make me sweat like crazy. Really? Yeah. It could also be your uh, yoga pants. Sometimes my yoga pants yeah. make me really hot. Yeah. I'm just so. like very warm right now. So hopefully I get more comfortable. <laughs> I don't like being sweaty. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we dive into this, do we have any fun stories that we want to share? Mm. Any life updates on the kids? People love when we talk about them. I know. I know. Um, what am I trying to think about? I mean, Carson's in a fun stage and so is Taylor. I was actually joking because Taylor's in like a growling, like grunting stage at me right now. And I just look, she's in a leap, which makes sense. But she's like, anytime like I put her on the ground, she's like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you? Why are you growling at me? but she's still so happy she's eating food which is super fun but also terrifying you know i know that like the gag reflex is totally like what babies are supposed to do and we do the kind of we do a combo of baby led weaning and some purees um just because i wish i made more time for cooking her food um she's been doing great though she loves broccoli and you know experimenting with all the foods and picking them all up and it's so fun it's so cute she's sitting up so good too she is she started to really sit up yeah really like take take hold of um eating on our own that's so yes. cute yeah um we were driving this morning i was convincing marcus to go to school and so my new thing is convincing him by you know his teacher that he loves miss anna and then when i took him into daycare yesterday because we're actually allowed to go in the building now and go to the rooms there was a little girl she was so cute she has blonde curly hair and she goes marcus and ran over and gave him a hug and i was like oh. my heart um but i was like we're gonna see i think her name is kelly this is what my child tells me yeah it's probably not Kelly, who knows? But I was like, we're going to see Kelly. We're going to see Miss Anna. Uh, we're going to have so much fun. I said, and mommy will take you to get a scone because he knows. I came back home uh, last week. I had gotten a Starbucks and he's like, mom, like, where's my scone? And I felt so bad because they were out of scones. And I'm like, okay, I promise we will get you a scone. You know, so I took him today. And then when we're turning, he tells me which way to go. He knows all the directions mm-hmm. in the car. And when we're turning, he looks towards our house and he goes, bye, daddy. Oh so he's he's in a fun stage and he's starting to say like com- more complete sentences. So I think I've shared this before about him being in speech. Um, he hasn't been in speech since December and I don't know what's going on with the insurance still, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not worried about it because he's saying three, he's stringing three to four words That's together good. now, which is yeah, really good. That's really good. It's, so. It takes off fast. 
mm-hmm. and then they say things to you and you're like, what? Yeah. Like Carson's they- also in like a gibberish stage right now, which is kind of annoying where he just like, and he's also in the stage where I've dreaded as a parent where he goes, mom, watch this. And then he like does some random seizure like moves and like falls on the ground and spits. And I'm like, what's that? Spits? <laughs> he says it's from Encanto. I'm like, in no way do I remember them spitting in Encanto. But he goes, he like looks at Taylor poor taylor gets like the brunt of this taylor's in like her little um activity center thing and he goes taylor (coughs) and he spits at her i'm like stop spitting at taylor like (laughs) cover your mouth when you're coughing what is wrong with you (laughs) that's awesome marcus last weekend we were um cleaning out his clothes in his room and he's just in his diaper and he's telling me you know ring around the rosy or he goes uh fall down fall down and so he's acting it out falling down and i'm like okay so you want to play ring around the rosy but he is so me as a child in terms of how he is so bossy and directive we did ring around the rosy and then he's like okay no bus and i'm like okay so we're gonna sing wheels on the bus yes and go back to bus and i'm like okay and then he says no fall down and i'm like okay let's just slow your roll here. You are two years old, but this is me as a child. I would sit at the table. I would direct people to sing. I would tell them what to do. I was a very, very bossy Mm -hmm. child. I was a look at me child. I think it's, listen, I'm not super believable in terms of Zodiac signs. That's like not my thing, but I think that there's some truth to some of them. Mm -hmm. Leo's are very like, want to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. It's how I was when I kid. Carson's a Leo. It's kind of how he seems to want to be as a kid. So I get it. He's so funny. When we were having dinner at your house, he's like, no, Liz, get me water. I know. Mama, no, Liz, do it. Liz does it. And like, he talks about Liz and Marcus all the time. He's like, where are Liz and Marcus? Like randomly on like Wednesday afternoon. We're like, where's Liz and Marcus? I'm like, well, they're at their house. Or like when he's going to bed, where's Liz? Like the things that they think about when, and like the procrastination efforts for bedtime right now, the other night, Nick and I, every night, and it's such a battle because you get into a routine and then it's like they have to do all the things and they get better at making them longer and longer. Carson is a night owl. I already can tell. He does not want to go to bed. He sleeps late in the morning and like he at 830 at night, we're like shoving him into bed. I have to lay with him. Last night we did the whole routine. It was like fucking 845 and I'm just want to go downstairs and eat dinner and have like 30 minutes alone with Nick. And he goes, I have to poop. <laughs> And then he, I, I was like about to leave the room and be like, okay, good night. I have to poop. And then he goes and sits on the toilet for 10 minutes. And then he poops, obviously. And then he's like, mama, can you lay with me again? I'm like, it's freaking, we, we ate dinner at 9.15 that night. Like, this is, this needs to end. And daylight savings did not help it. Oh my gosh. So that's so funny you bring up pooping. If you guys haven't uh, watched the new Ali Wong uh, comedy, it's hilarious. She talks about poop. That's what I was remembering to tell you on our walk today, the poop section, not the part where she wants to cheat on her husband. That was a little (sighs) strange, but she was talking about how men poop at the most inconvenient times. Yes. Like in the morning when you're trying to get the kids out the door and you actually need their help, they're in the bathroom. And it's like, 30 45 minutes whereas women we're like rushing to hope we just get three minutes without that child coming into the bathroom and breaking in i mean you guys this is mom <laughs> life i re- distinctly remember people would tell me before i had marcus like you don't get to go to the bathroom by yourself you don't get to shower by yourself uh-huh. one day my stomach was hurting so bad i'm literally sitting on the toilet holding my newborn like I don't know if it gets any worse than this because Art wasn't home and my boobs were swollen. I was postpartum and I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. What am I going to do with this child? 
Carson, Car- if Carson sees me walk into the bathroom, he sprints before I can close the door and he goes, can I come in? And then he wants to come in the bathroom with me while I go to the bathroom. Oh man. Mm. It's a, you know, just so much. I love being a mom. I really do. But dear God, sometimes just so much. Yeah. They were fun. So much. They were and, so much fun. And that's funny, be, you know, because when we were talking earlier today, like, God, you guys ever see things that just really bother you and like get under your skin on social media? Becca showed me this TikTok earlier and I'm just like, can I go smack this lady in the Moms face? hating on their kids. Mm-hmm. Like you chose this life to be a mom. Sure. Kids can be a lot some days. I am totally in that camp. Like I am not every day is a rainbow. I love my children. They're amazing. Like I get it. Sometimes they get frustrating and you have a tough day and like you just want some alone time. I get that. But I saw the TikTok today that it was like a pretty well-viewed one because I don't follow a lot of people on TikTok. And I just don't. And so I don't see a lot. And it was like, I can't, the nanny finally comes tomorrow. I can't wait to get away from Fatso and Sir Talks a lot. And she po- showed a picture of both of her kids. I was like, what in the hell is wrong with you? Like your poor children that need you, that rely on you, mm-hmm. that sustain because of you, that are li- like, I, oh my God, made me so angry. Yeah. You know, and it's so sad because it just makes you think like you are putting this out there to the public. Like if you're saying that, like my mind goes to like, what are you doing behind closed doors? Totally. Like it just breaks my heart. And you know, like these little humans that we create, they look up to us for everything. I'm not a perfect mom. I have mom guilt. I have moments where I lose my patience. Absolutely. But at the end of the day to like call your kids little shits or whatever like I will say there can be moments where you can refer to them as like oh they're being a bear or I've said you know to Becca before like Marcus is just being like I don't even know what words I use but sometimes they're colorful and sometimes it's just like you need to vent because it's like oh my god you're being a monster right you're being a bear I usually call him a bear like he's being a bear today um but at the end of the day like again we chose this life so anyways that's just a rant because sometimes it really pisses me off and like why do you have to put that on social media right is it just because it's going to get views and like i I know and people like people think it's funny for a second but then like oh you're being i don't know it just made me really angry that like i feel like there's a culture today of moms just hating on their kids Mm -hmm. and it's like you create reels and stuff about i don't know it just makes me really angry you know the ones that i like (laughs) it's like so you guys know that becca and i both go to church (laughs) faith believers but we swear sometimes okay Jesus told me already I need to stop. But, <laughs> you know, it's like we like to have a glass of wine. Yep. Sometimes we swear. We swear in front of our kids. We also go to church and we love God. We love Jesus. Um, we're not perfect, you know. And so it's just one of those things where I've seen it. It's like, let's be friends. And I'm like, yes, you are the person I need to be friends with. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love what I think one of my favorite ones is the one where she's drinking a cup of beer and it's like, or like a, a drink or something. And it says on there like, Oh my God, whose kids are the, Oh, those are my kids. Those are my kids <laughs> where she's like, whose kids are those acting like, Oh, they're mine. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes, that is totally my people. Um, and right, there's, go ahead. We'll, we'll get started. Yeah. I, I could talk all day about this stuff. Okay. Speaking of moms, and we're going to talk about today, some ha- things that are a lot of people wear as badges of honors that we need to kind of reevaluate, guys. Like, this is a, maybe a little bit of a rant episode, a mm-hmm. little bit of a, like, you know, check yourself if you're one of these people because might not be serving you as much as you think. Yeah. And, you know, I think before we dive into this, understand, like, we wear so many hats. Men wear a lot of hats, too. I don't want to leave them out of this either. But, mm-hmm. you know, 
we are moms, we are entrepreneurs, you might be a working mom, you might be a stay-at-home mom, that's a full-time job in and of itself, right? Taking care of your house, cleaning lady, laundry lady, all those things. We're grocery shopping, we're the cook, um, you know, we are married or you have a significant other, like there's, you know, personal connection needs there too. And like you you wear a lot of hats. But at the end of the day, there are some badges of honor that I think people take pride in. And we want to kind of talk about them today because we believe that you deserve to be your first priority. You guys know that. If you're new to the Food Code podcast, we believe that you know you are first, and then it's your spouse, your significant other, and then it's your kids. Because you cannot show up as the best version of yourself if you're not showing up for yourself. Hear that again. You cannot show up the be- as the best version of yourself if you are not showing up for yourself. Can't pour from an empty cup. Like we could go on and on about all these different motivational things, but it's simply the truth. And so that leads us to other things too, in terms of like, are we sleeping enough? Are we fueling our bodies the right way? Like, are we prioritizing our time? Because the busy bodies and like the moms who are just busy, busy, busy all the time, it's not a badge of honor, guys. Like, I want to meet the moms who are badasses, but also prioritize themselves Mm -hmm. because it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort, but they're powerful because they show up and they have thriving relationships. They nourish the relationships, right? And therefore, they're flourishing and they're fulfilled. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because (coughs) we talk to so many women that are not in a great space. They're not fulfilled in their life. They're not happy with themselves. They're not happy with who they are. They're not happy with their body. They lack confidence. And they look at depression and anxiety as like root cause issues. But the reality is, you can thrive if you're willing to prioritize yourself. And mm-hmm. a lot of people that you know we've taken through our courses or we've worked with one-on-one and they tell us how life-changing this is, no, maybe some of them don't get off certain medications like antidepressants or things like that. But they leave the program with a whole new outlook on life and how they're going to show up for themselves and do the hard things. And that's what we want. And the reason we want that is because we want more for you. We don't want you to live a mediocre life. We want you to have a happy relationship, communication with your spouse. We want you to have friends and social connections. That's a big thing we've been talking mm-hmm. about with some of our clients this week is like find communities in your areas. Ask your friends, will you go for a walk with me? Would you like to, you know, meet up and do a workout class or meet for coffee, things like that instead of always just being the yes person and being busy 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 that you're so busy you don't stop to have relationships and nourish your relationships and have a conversation with people. And so this really isn't about nutrition. This is more about, you know, your mindset and your emotional health and what we want for you because we think that you have desires of your heart that deserve to be fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna run through some things that like may resonate. Maybe maybe they're gonna sting a little bit when you're like, oh, maybe I do that, or maybe that's something that I need to address. So these are some of the big things that we see a lot in terms of like common conversations we have with clients and things that we see stand in people's way because they take on this identity. Like this is something that, oh, I just, you know, I don't sleep. Like I I just don't have time, you know, whatever it is. And we take on this, it's kind of like this, yeah, I know I should change type feeling around it, but you know, this makes me this makes me strong. This makes me like a warrior. Like, sure. I truly believe that there are some things that are good stressors 
Absolutely. Exercise is a great stressor. I think that stress that is adaptive in nature, we've talked about adaptive and non-adaptive stress a lot of times, like the stress of pushing yourself, trying to you know develop yourself and develop your knowledge and stuff like that. Like Those are adaptive stresses. Non-adaptive stresses are like being in an abusive relationship or, you know, never sleeping and the stress that it puts on your body, things that aren't improving your body or improving your capacity. And so the first one here is surviving on little sleep. Like I think that there's phases and I will be the first to say this with motherhood. There are phases where you don't sleep as much. There just are. That's the reality of it. You're ter- you're caring for a small human, but I think that also there needs to come a point where you need to make sure you're trying everything to get good sleep, you know? And I, I know that there are exceptions to this rule. Like I, I follow Hannah Bauer. She's one of my favorites to follow. She says that she, like her, I think he's 10 months old. Her son, maybe a little bit older than 10 months, actually. He might be over one. Her son does not sleep through the night. Like he never has. She's like, we've tried everything. And he just doesn't sleep through the night. We've tried sleep training. We've tried everything. And like, I think that there's exceptions to the rule, but I think a lot of people avoid sleep training, avoid doing these hard things because they're hard. And then you just live in this sleep deprived state. I will say Taylor's much worse than Carson in terms of she wakes up a lot more frequently throughout the night. Carson like slept through the night starting at six weeks and never stopped sleeping through the night. It was amazing. Taylor's been different. She wakes up once or twice a night, a lot of nights of the, I would say like at least 70% of the nights. And so I've gotten used to, you know, but I will say I get to bed earlier. Instead of going to bed at 10 o'clock, I go to bed at nine or nine 30 to make sure I'm in bed longer so that I'm getting more sleep. I optimize that time in bed. I make sure I'm getting good quality sleep when I'm sleeping. And so there are things that you can do wearing this badge of honor of I don't get much, you know, I only get like four or five hours of sleep or I don't need a lot of sleep. Yes, you do. Yes, you do need a lot of sleep. You need at least six to seven hours of quality sleep a night to function as a human, basically. There is two things in this life you cannot survive without, water and sleep. You cannot, you will die. Mm-hmm. You will die if you do not sleep. Yeah. Well, and it's essential, I mean, to so many functions of the body. And this is one area that we evaluate a lot with our clients. It's like, why aren't we getting good sleep? You know, is it a routine thing or are we just waking up in the middle of the night, like blood sugar dysregulation that's causing us to not be able to sleep, right? We're tired and we're wired because you guys, like it's really important, not just for your mood, right? But it's important for your health, um, your physical, your mental, and your emotional health. And when we're sleep deprived, we know all also that it throws off our hunger and satiety hormones, right? And so it drives cravings. And a lot of times we see people are craving the unhealthy foods, right? I'm craving sugar. It's worse than a hangover, I've said before. Um, you know, in terms of sleep deprivation, I feel like I can't function. Um, I feel like I'm dumb. Like I can't think. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. I feel hungover. I feel bloated. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get constipated when I don't sleep. My yeah. stomach hurts. I get like nauseous. Yeah. Because it's honestly, sleep is the real... MVP, like if you want to reach your physical goals. And so you're really doing yourself no favors. And in fact, some of the times you're shooting yourself in the foot. We talk about this with our clients. Like if you're already not getting enough sleep or adequate sleep, don't try to shave off more time of sleep to get your workout in the morning because you're just going to create more stress on the body. So the ideal time is that you're in bed seven to nine hours. Research tells us people are sleeping usually 80 to 85% of the time that they are actually in bed. Uh, We track ours with our aura ring, right? Some nights are way better than others. Um, But at the end of the day, it's a priority. Your Netflix show can wait. Mm -hmm. The second thing, um, and I used to totally do this, but (coughs) 
getting by on caffeine and drinking coffee instead of eating. So this can be people who are proud that they don't need to eat a lot throughout the day. It can be people who are intentionally doing it for intermittent fasting, um, you know, that I'm just not a morning person. I'm just not a breakfast person. Well, it's because you've trained your body to be that way. You've quieted your hunger cues essentially. And not being hungry until the afternoon is a sign that your body is overly stressed. Mm-hmm. So if you're using caffeine like as an appetite suppressant, um, you know, or you're blunting your need for fuel from real food, you're also not going to be in a state of great health. Your body needs nutrients. We don't have to, you know, nail this one again. But the other piece here is I think on the flip side or the back side of the day, I think you guys have to evaluate too, like, why do I crave so much? Why do I find that I overeat at nighttime? Why do I find maybe I'm waking up uh, feeling hungry in the middle of the night? Well, it's because you've basically deprived your body of nutrients and you've flooded it with a bunch of caffeine, which can also impact your blood sugar. It can impact your um, gut as well because it can throw off your levels of stomach acid. And so our two rules is always have caffeine with a meal or ideally protein. Um, you know, so no solo carbs. And we always say, you know, have coffee after you've had a glass of water, ideally with your breakfast or after breakfast. And if you're just not a person who has time to eat in the morning, at least put protein or collagen into your coffee. Yeah. And I would say one to two cups a day is like kind of something that you should limit to eight to 10 ounces a day, Mm -hmm. one to two, eight to 10 ounce cups a day is like a good goal. If you're doing excessively more than that, really evaluate what is it, you know, how is it serving you? And do you really need it? I look at coffee as I love it. And so I enjoy it. I don't need it. I've had many a days where I'm like, Oh, it's 10 a.m. and I haven't had any, I had haven't had any coffee. Like I don't rely on it. I have it most days because I like the taste of it and I enjoy it. I don't need it. So really kind of evaluate that relationship with caffeine. The next one is living off of low calories. Like, oh, I only had a thousand calories a day. Or you, like you guys, you cannot diet your whole life. We talk this is basically the purpose of the podcast. Like you cannot diet your entire life. You will adapt your body to a negative place. Symptoms usually arise over time. Health worsens over time. Your body needs nourishment. It is not cool to undereat. You know what I think of as mean girls? <laughs> These bars are like all fat. What is it? I, I right. love that movie. I need to watch that movie again. I just keep remembering Talladega Nights now that <laughs> oh, yeah. Liz and I were filming something earlier and Liz was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And so I love Talladega Nights. I don't know how you have not remembered. Like, if you have not seen it, I cannot believe you haven't seen it. I've, I've seen it. I just forget things like that. I don't know. I'm that type of person where there will be certain like situations or people that I remember. Like I remember a lot about our clients, like their personal lives. I did this, you know, at our gym too. Like I can remember a lot of those things. But when it comes to movies, no chance. Don't ever ask me to do any type of trivia around movies. Who played? Don't ask me to quote things. It just doesn't happen. Maybe from the notebook because I watched that one probably like 80 times in my youth, but Yeah. It's I think it's um when Karen, Regina's friend, goes, Do you guys want to do something fun? Want to go to Taco Bell? And Regina goes, I can't go to Taco Bell, Karen. I'm on an all carb diet. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love mean girls. It's so great. Anyways, so basically the point we're trying to make, you cannot eat low calorie your entire life. Like eventually what you've probably realized your weight loss will stall out. If you even lost weight in the first place, your weight loss will stall out. You will regain weight over time, likely, unless you truly are eating a thousand calories a day, which 
very few people do, they start to eat more and more because your body will drive you naturally to. You end up depleted. You end up nutrient deficient. You end up dealing with all these symptoms. You end up lower stomach acid levels, which cause digestive issues. Like there are consequences. It is not cool to undereat. You know what's cool? Eating enough. That's cool. And lifting. Eating enough and being taking up space in this world is cool. That's what I want to do. Like, I'm I'm more than happy to tell people I eat regularly eat 2300 to 2400 calories a day and I probably should be eating more. I just that's a lot of food. And so that's kind of where I tap out. But like I have clients of mine that are eating 3000 calories a day, maintaining weight, gaining strength like that are females that mm-hmm. lift heavy and move a lot. Yeah. And they should be eating that much. Yeah. You guys, you can't expect your body to build strength or build muscle if you're not giving it nutrients to build from. What do you expect it to build from? It's not going to start turning your fat into muscle. It's not how the body works. If the body doesn't have enough calories, it actually eats your muscle, <laughs> catabolizes your muscle. So understand, like, you have to be giving your body the nourishment to reach your goals. And if you say, well, Liz, my goal is to lose weight. So the less that I eat, the less that I'll weigh. And, you know, I'm in a competition, so I got to eat 1,200 calories instead of being a reasonable calorie deficit. Well, girlfriend, there's going to come a point where you're going to stall out, you're going to plateau, and you are going to regain that weight real quick because you're priming your body to store fat. Mm-hmm. Fat regain is what you prime your body to do when you're in such a large deficit. And take it from me. I lost 40 pounds and I gained 50 back. And you know how fast I gained that 50 back? Way faster than I lost the 40 pounds. So it's not fun and it's not sustainable and it's also not healthy. And so take a healthy approach. Get yourself into a moderate deficit. We always say no more than like five, maybe 700 calories. Really kind of depends on the person. We normally do not push that far no. because it's it's not great. And then we have to periodize, right? Like we have to add in refeeds, take diet breaks here because you don't want the adaptation. It is, like Becca said, it's not cool. So at the end of the day, that's really all you need to know. You know what else isn't cool? Cutting out whole food groups and being proud that you don't eat carbs. I have talked about bananas on our podcast probably, I don't know, double digit times. Y'all, the bananas and the apples and the carrots and whatever starchy carb that people were told that they can't eat on their six-week challenge are not the reason that people ever got fat. Hear me again. The bananas and the apples and the carrots and the sweet potatoes are not why people are overweight. They ain't giving you diabetes, guys. Yes. They, They ain't the reason. Just let's be real honest here. That is not the problem. We need to not demonize foods that are real whole foods that serve a purpose in this world that God created that put on this world, put on this earth to nourish us. They are not the problem. Stop demonizing them. You know, I understand moderating things like bread and pasta and stuff like that, that are dense carbs that maybe are a little bit less nutrient dense. Sure. Of course, those things should be moderated. But when you are someone that is like constantly on and off keto, there's a problem. Well, and then how are you doing keto? Are you filling it with a bunch of keto snacks that are all processed foods? Because that's not healthy. So come at me with the research that tells me that all of your processed keto foods are healthy. If you're doing keto the right way, sure. 
Some people no feel some people feel great with that, right? Um, we don't personally align with crazy intense keto because it takes away a lot of fiber, antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals that we can get from things like berries. Mm-hmm. I understand in that situation, you're not going to eat pineapples and mangoes and you know bananas. There are more sugar in those things. But at the end of the day, I'm not even talking about a specific diet. I'm just talking about people who pride themselves of avoiding certain food groups or certain foods because they're coach three years ago told them that bananas were bad for them. Okay, well, you look the same you did three years ago, Karen. So maybe you should try something different. And maybe a banana wouldn't hurt for you to I have. I feel like this is turning into a Friday fire. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm but done. Moving forward. I want to tack on to here because same thing with low calories. Not having time to eat is not a badge of honor either. Like, okay, cool. You're busy. You're too busy to eat. Now we have a problem. Like you guys, you have to eat. You have to eat in your day to sustain life and to keep yourself nourished and to keep the body going, doing what all of the things that you're obviously asking it to do. And so if you're too busy to eat, that is not a badge of honor that you want to be wearing. Like that tells me, you know what I hear when you say you're too busy to eat? You don't prioritize yourself at all. That's what I hear. Because you aren't even making the time to sit down. Nay, eat food, not even sit down and eat food. You aren't even making the time to eat the food. Because believe me, Liz and I aren't the best sometimes. Yes, we're very busy. I love the stress that we create. I'll be honest. Like I love our lives. I love the work that we do. I love all of the things that we're working to accomplish. It's a lot some days for sure, but it's a good stress in my opinion. Sure. I'm not going to say that every day I eat lunch in peace without work in front of me. That happens. I do it most days where I eat lunch with the computer in front of me. But what I make sure of is that I eat because my body needs calories to get through the day. So if you are someone that is too busy to eat, guess what? Quote unquote, you're creating that. You are creating that. You can also create time to eat. I would bet if your if your boss that you work for or whatever, if you're the boss you work for, you know, that's obviously your decision. But if your boss you went and had a conversation with and said, hey, I'm so busy I don't even have time to eat today, they would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let's clear up your schedule. Like Liz has managed people before. I've worked on a team before where I've helped manage people. Like bosses don't want that for you. So make a change, figure out time to eat in your day. Yeah, because here's the thing that's going to happen. You're eventually going to get to a place where you're sick. Like you have a panic attack, you have an anxiety attack, or you actually just get physically sick, like a flu or a cold or something even worse because you've run your body into the ground, you're super stressed out, you are not nourishing your body, and you're working all the time and you're not sleeping. So this is just a recipe for disaster. And, you know, I get it. Like sometimes with people's lives, we work with a lot of clients in a variety of situations. It can be tough to navigate. But what I can tell you is there's always an option to pack some things in your bag. And maybe it's not the best option. No, we don't want our clients living off of protein shakes or, um, you know, bars or things like that all the time. But you can still pack some things with you, right? You can keep some carrots or some cut up vegetables. You can even buy them pre-cut so you don't have to cut them yourself. You can order groceries to your door. We have a lot of meal delivery services now as well. And so there's really no excuse. At the end of the day, like Becca said, it comes down to the fact that we're not prioritizing our needs. And you might be able to do it for maybe a week or two, but at some point in time, you're going to crash and burn. And that crash and burn hurts. So nourish yourself, make time, time block, communicate with people, ask for help. Um, the second thing that we look at it in terms of, you know, badge of honor is like people who promote like, oh, I burn 600 calories in my cardio class. Like you're, you know, wearing this badge of honor that you're burning crazy amounts of calories. But here's the thing is like calories burned isn't the number that you want to chase. So 
what I will say is aura rings, Fitbits, iWatches, all those things can be helpful tools. They can help us track our steps. They can help us, you know, see what our activity levels are, but the calorie counts or the calorie burn on those is about 20 to 30% inaccurate. Same thing, even worse probably uh, for cardio machines, like your ellipticals, your treadmills and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so if you're going off of what that tells you, it just know that it's inaccurate. And so instead of focusing all the calories that you burn, focus on what you're lifting in the gym. We believe in getting strong. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to burn as many calories as you would in a high intensity interval training class where your heart rate is up and you're breathing heavy. Maybe you're not able to hold a conversation relative to what you might burn in like just a bodybuilding type strength training session, but you will burn more calories in the recovery process 24 to 48 hours later. And you know, if you are addicted to cardio or you just love that, you know, endorphin rush and the high, like I love doing like the Peloton uh, interval sprints sometimes, put that into your workouts, like add 15 to 20 minutes of conditioning or something like that and get, you know, that feel good rush of energy after you've done something, you know, hard and got your heart rate up. But at the end of the day, don't even look at, like, I don't even track my, um, workouts on my aura ring anymore. Like to me, it just doesn't even matter because I am there to do my best in my, workouts, right? I'm tracking my numbers week over week. I'm working to progress. And that's what matters to me because 300 versus 400 calories on my aura ring or my iWatch or whatever really doesn't, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change my protocols. Like I've been reading a couple really good books lately and the power of your physical change research has shown your exercise is minute. Mm -hmm. It's really about what you put in your body, how you fuel. So, yep. And it's a lot about like exercise is more of a maintenance thing in mm-hmm. my eyes mm-hmm. for most people. Yeah. It helps you maintain health and fitness. Yeah. It doesn't bring you this health unless you're like, you know, crazy intense with a lot of weight training and it like completely a lifestyle change. But then exercise continues to just maintain that fitness level. So I think it can bring you to new levels, but it has to be coincided with food. It has to be paired with the right diet. Yeah. Well, 100%. So let's, let's take this analogy really quick. So both of us worked in gyms for a long time. Mm -hmm. The reason why people never changed physically, even though they were coming to the gym five to six times a week is because the other 23 hours of the day, they weren't managing what they put in their mouth. So Mm -hmm. the only way you create physical change is by nourishing your body with the proper foods, getting into a calorie deficit. You have to be in a calorie deficit if you want to lose weight or fat or both. Um, and so at the end of the day, if you're somebody who's gone to the gym for years and years and years and your body's not changing, it's not your workouts. Mm-mm. Don't look for a different workout program. Truths. So true. Okay. The scale. Trying to control the scale is impossible and you're going to fight a losing battle because you cannot control it. Kind of the bottom line. Like it creates disordered eating. It create. And so if you are someone that weighs yourself constantly and are, I will say this. I think that the scale can be a great data point for people that can remove themselves emotionally from it. This is something I have been very proud to conquer because it used to control my mood for the day. If I was low, I would be happy or I would justify eating out more that weekend or having a couple more drinks because, oh, I can afford it. I can afford to. But if it was up, what's going on? Why is it up? Why? And it would ruin my day. I would start, I would cut calories more. I would work out harder, like more exercise. It was just such an, a manipulative part of my life for so long that I had to remove it for a while. And what of removing it allowed me to do was it allowed me to realize what my body was telling me 
I could listen to my body finally on a day-to-day basis. I could hear what my body was telling me it was feeling, not what the scale was telling me. The scale was just a matter of my gravity on, you know, gravity's pull on the earth. It's just a number. And no one knows that number. I don't even care really much anymore about that number. What I care about being physically capable, being able to have my body lift strong, heavy things and being healthy. That's all I really care about. The number, I could care to care less about the number at this point. It is really just a data point. So if it's not just a data point to you, you got to evaluate. Probably not a good thing to be doing every day. Yep. There's so many factors that impact the number on the scale. Guys, like if you ate later, if you ate earlier, if you pooped, if you didn't, how much water you drank, how much sleep you got, the volume of your food, hormones, time of the month. I'm not going to continue here because the list is never ending. There's so many things that impact the number flashing back at you. The only thing you can do is focus on the controllables. And that's how you show up for yourself, how you nourish your body, the amount of calories, you know, and food that you intake in the right deficit. Um, So anywho, we're off of that. Taking on too much, being the do it all, saying yes when you should say no. Um, This is hard. This is something that I've had to work hard to overcome. And I will tell you that it is so freeing when you can start following the boundaries that you've set and say no to the things that don't serve you. I'm not going to go on a rant about this because I know that um, we're already into the podcast a little bit too long, but what I'm going to recommend is that you listen to or read the book, Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. I like her a lot. She's got a a lot of other um, books out there in terms of like stress and tidying up your space and things like that, but really she evaluates you know, goes, takes you through different situations and have you like evaluate things. And so like, I'll give a a personal example of something that I recently said no to. And it's not because I don't love the person. It's not because, you know, I wouldn't love to see her. Um, it is because it was outside of my boundaries. So, um, one of my friends from college is coming back home. She's having a baby shower and the baby shower is about an hour away. It's on a Saturday. That's my family time. Like I have, you know, to protect my family time, pick and choose when I leave and do things. Um, and so I, I said no to it because it's two hours of drive time and then being there for two hours, that's four hours away from my family. And I would rather just send her a gift and chat with her over the phone. I don't know anybody at this shower. I haven't seen them in, in years. And so for me, that was just something that like those four hours on my Saturday are, are more important for me to spend with Marcus and Art and be home. And I also don't want to drive two hours. So I said no. Yeah. yeah. This is a big thing that like, I think moms in particular, we, you know, want to jump at all the time. Did like, you do the leprechaun contest? <clears throat> Whatever it's called for St. Patrick's Day at daycare. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. We oh. didn't have... Well, here's the thing. Carson only goes to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so a lot of times they'll put up like a sign-up sheet okay. for signing up for things. And by the time I get there, all the things are taken. Mm. And so it's because I like... It went up on Tuesday and I didn't have them there Tuesday or something like that. He's also not going to be there on Thursday for St. Patrick's Day. Um, but totally. Whenever there's like a sign-up sheet, I feel like I have to do it. And then, you know, we talked about the Valentines. I can't be chill and just like buy a Valentine card. I have to make like little individual baggies for all the kids in his class and put all these different things in it and be excessive because that's me. And that's not a good thing. I do not take pride in that. It's a problem. It's a toxic trait of mine. Like I cannot be chill. And Liz knows that Liz is the same way. I'm. She is yeah. smiling at me because she knows she's she's probably worse than I am with this. Like she does not chill ever. And so 
taking that time, that downtime, that's one thing that we know because we have so much stress in our day to day. We have to counteract it with de-stressing activities. Mm -hmm. We have to schedule time in. I'm planning this weekend to schedule time in to go shopping by myself. I'm planning to go and get my nails done next week. Like I need the downtime. I need the time for myself because there is too much input. As a mother in today's world, there is too much input. You need to make time for yourself. I actually told Liz on our walk earlier, I was like, I feel like I need a therapist that specializes in mom guilt (laughs) that can help me (laughs) because I feel so awful about leaving my children. I know. Whereas I'm like, I'm so excited for date night and we're going to go away for two nights. And listen, I miss Marcus too. But at the end of the day, you know, a big thing, and this has been my husband since day one is like, Date night's so important to us because mm-hmm. you want to keep your relationship alive. You want to, you know, keep your marriage um, thriving. And like, it's funny because people are like, well, don't you guys see each other all the time? And I'm like, no, I actually haven't talked to Art. Like, I don't, he's upstairs working. I'm downstairs working. I'm busy. Sometimes I'm like, you know, two or three words here and there. But just because we're home and, and working from home doesn't mean that we're just together all day. That's not yeah. how it works. But anyways, um, at the end of the day, when we're saying yes to things, you need to understand that then you're ultimately saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we don't set boundaries and we always put these other things above our needs, it's a recipe for burnout and resentment. And so I'm a big fan of finding areas in your life where you can say no, because that gives you the opportunity and the space to say yes to the things that serve you. If that is pursuing your goal, maybe following a passion, learning a new hobby, starting a new business, taking a course, whatever it is, if you say no to things that you don't ultimately want to do, and you're not a jerk for it. I used to think that I was a jerk if I said no to going to a party or a baby shower or bridal shower or whatever. They don't care. I've had baby showers. I've had bridal showers. I was totally understanding of people not coming. They sent a gift. We caught up on the phone. It was great. Those things are also, in my opinion, a little bit overrated, um, but they're tradition. And so we, we do them sometimes, but you're not a jerk. Say no if you need to say no. And then the last one that we want to talk about is being a perfectionist. Some people really are proud of being a perfectionist, but what we know is that perfection is an illusion. And who what what constitute perfection anyway, right? Like what constitutes that? In my eyes, the only thing person is that is perfect is God. And trying to be perfect is exhausting because it doesn't exist. We have such high standards that then nothing is ever good enough. And we always feel like a failure. We always feel like we're not, you know, doing our best or bringing our best foot uh, or putting our best foot forward. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that no matter how hard you work, no matter how many times you reread that blog, or whatever, you know, maybe a presentation that you have or something that you're going to present that you practice this presentation, you can rehearse and you can prepare and you can read and you can reread and you can edit and you can edit and you can edit. There's still going to be things that slip through the cracks. And allowing this to be part of your understanding and learning process is huge because you're allowed to make mistakes. In case anybody hasn't ever told you that before, Everybody makes mistakes, whether they tell you or not. Maybe they act like they got it all together and they are perfect and they have the perfect home and they have no debt and all this stuff. Most of those people who flaunt those things and portray those things are unhappy. And so at the end of the day, 
Focus on you, focus on what makes you happy, allow yourself to make mistakes and embrace the lessons of those mistakes and failures, right? Don't beat yourself up. Just understand like it's part of the process. It's part of being human. Yep, absolutely. Perfectionism is not real. It's an illusion. It is no one in this life is perfect. So there's no use trying to be. Do the best you can. That's you can you can know deep down in your gut. It's that gut feeling that you gave everything that you could and you can be at peace with that. Because when you try to hold yourself to these perfectionist standards, nothing ever works. You're never happy with it. You're always left disappointed because you can't be perfect. You simply cannot. And so hold yourself to high standards. Not perfect, but high. That's why we preach consistency. That's why consistency always works. So if you identify with any of these quote unquote badges of honor that ain't serving you, check yourself, guys. Check yourself and what you can start changing because I would always ask like, how are these working out for you? How are you feeling? How are you doing over there? Probably not great because you're trying to do too much or you're trying to think that what you're doing is cool or you know effective when in reality it probably isn't. So not necessarily badges of honor you want to be holding. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.